0: Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 549. And in today's episode, we're going to continue our mini series here on PACE. And we are going to be talking about the E in PACE today, which is expansion, how to grow and scale your business. Now, if you guys are just showing up to the party, well, you got to go back and listen to the other episodes. So this way here, you can uh, you can be up to date with what we're talking about here because this is four pillars that's going to help you build your business, a business that will last. and uh, you guys are going to be able to adapt this to your business. All right? So, with that all being said, I'm ready to rock and roll. Chris Schaefer is with me once again, and today we are recording this in a hotel room together uh, because, uh, well, that sounded a little weird, but we are in a hotel room together recording this because we wanted to get this last part of Pace recorded and uh, and really dive into this expansion portion, this pillar. So Chris, are you ready to rock and roll? I am,
1: and I'm going to be honest, Scott. I think this one is this, is, this is where all the glory in business comes in. Right. Like this is where everybody wants to be all of the time. Uh, And it's really growing and expanding and doing all of the fun, quote unquote, business things. Right. But it's kind of unimportant if you don't have the other three. Right. We have to have those solid foundations in place before we can start to do any of the stuff in this expansion phase. So I'm I'm pumped up. I think people are going to get a lot out of it. I know I don't sound very excited. No,
0: yeah, (laughs) well, you are excited, but But that's that's just me. That's just you. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, we are going to dive into this, and I just kind of want to recap a little bit and kind of talk about, you know, the P, the A, the C, and basically how everything really fits well together. Um, Inside of all of these different pillars, we've really taken what has worked for us in the past. Other people that we've worked with in the past, and you've got a uh, you know a long history working with other successful businesses. I have as well. I've actually built um, several, um, and a lot of these things. Now that we've kind of distilled it down and broke these things down, um, it, it makes a lot of sense to go through this process. And you know, if you look back at any successful business. The preparation phase, right, or the building a foundation. Like we look at at the P as preparation or preparing the foundation, and the foundation is really, really important because we can't really we can't really build the roof until we get the foundation in place, right? It's like building a house. And I always go back to the construction theory because that's where I came from, right? And it makes a lot of sense. If you build something, you have to have a strong foundation. And that P is very, very important. Um, You know, this is also something that we talk a lot about inside our inner circle. You know, we have a, a, our own inner circle, our own mastermind, where we we really dig into other people's businesses, and we've recently had a meeting with uh, with our inner circle members, and this is exactly what we're working on with them, but also how they've built. Their businesses to be successful. Um, you know, I know we don't talk about it a lot, but I did want to bring that up. If anybody is interested in learning more about our inner circle, uh, you can head over to TASinnerCircle.com. It is an application process, um, but we do work with successful businesses. I get a lot of people that want to do one on one coaching. I know you do as well. We don't do that. We do these inner circle uh, meetings, is what we do, is we really meet with them three times a year, once a month, we meet online, and we really work on their businesses. But I just kind of want to throw that out there. A lot of this right here is coming from working with other successful businesses and also the businesses that we've built that have been successful. And it really does come down to these four pillars. So I just kind of want to throw that out there. So again, guys, if you're interested, TASinnerCircle.com. Um, like I said, there is a qualification process there. But if your business is at that, at that stage where it needs some help or you're just stuck and you want to grow and scale and expand your business, definitely check that out. Uh, we'd love to work with you. So all right let's dive into um, the expansion phase. Where do you want to start with this, Chris?
1: let start with, with diversification, I think. And I think there's five things that we wanted to cover today. Yeah, there is. There's five and different things. you know, we, each, each of these pillars has some, some like, sub-pillars, if you will, yeah, that, yeah. that we kind of need to cover. But I think diversification uh, is something we, it's should huge. Probably, we should probably dive into to start with.
0: Yeah, it, it's really big. And, you know, I like to, uh, you know, look at it as, I mean, there's different ways you can look at it. But think about, like, you know, a chair, right like a chair that has one leg probably isn't going to stand all that well if you have four legs well probably stands a little bit better right you have three it'll maybe stand at the certain angle but it could probably still collapse you know so i like to look at a business as like you need you need other ways for it to support itself not just on one you know on one leg a good example uh is someone in our inner circle i'm not going to you know expo- expose the name or anything but you know He has a very successful business, but it's built on like two products right right now. Um, Now, he's got a ton of opportunity in this market, but he's built the business off of these two products, doing like 200 units per day. Well, recently, just had an issue with one of his products, not his fault, manufacture problem. And uh, well, Amazon decided to say, hey, guess what? We're going to shut your listing down for right now until you get this thing fixed. Well, guess what? He's losing money every single day. Now, if he had three or four or five other products that were supporting the brand, well, then he's not so much concerned. He's concerned, but he's not concerned as much as he is right now, right? Right now, it's like money has been turned off, and now he's like in a panic to get everything back up and running, you don't want to be in that situation. Um, that's part of what we're going to be doing with him is helping him fix that problem um, and, uh, and then being, uh, you know, being able to expand that product line. Um, so diversifying is not just product dependent, but it's also channel dependent, right? Like we're talking about like, okay, so you're only on Amazon. What if, what if he had that product that was doing well in his own funnel? What if he was doing something to drive traffic through his email list to his, his blog or to his Shopify or, or any other place that he can generate sales? He wouldn't be 100% turned off. The revenue might go, have gone down, but he's not t- completely turned off. Right now, completely turned off. Uh, what do you want to uh, What do you want to say on that? Well, I think I
1: think the two things that people need to pull out of that, right, is is in this expansion phase. Really, what we're talking about is not just product expansion. That's a natural and easy thing to do, mm-hmm. especially if you've done the other three things correctly. Especially that preparation foundation, right? If you've done your market selection correctly, it is actually very easy to find additional products, right? One hundred percent. And if you've done your attention and your cultivation correctly, you can launch even the most competitive products in those spaces successfully and we've seen that even in the new brand but the other thing and scott this is something you and i have hammered on over the last probably year and a half maybe two years i would say Mm -hmm. uh which is being channel dependent yeah right and amazon i think is a great example of that right it's it's kind of like living in north korea right Mm -hmm. where they just have complete control over everything and you could wake up one morning and all of the clothes you own are now illegal (laughs) right everything that you've done for your entire life is now banned and you have no control over it And while it's great that they take care of all of our basic needs, right? They feed all of our sales. They're a great place to start up for us. We can't be completely dependent on them long term. Amazon is where we like to launch because that's where all of the traffic is. Right. But it is not the thing that is going to keep our chair or our table balanced long term. We need to start bringing in some other legs to prop that table up. And so having our own channel to sell some stuff in, Finding maybe another marketplace like a Walmart or something like that might be nice to add another leg, but not just on the Amazon side of stuff, right? Mm. We don't want to be dependent. Let's say we have um, let's say we have a brick and mortar business, mm. right? We don't want to just be dependent on word of mouth, mm. right, to bring traffic to that. We want to have ads running, too, so that we can bring in people who don't already know about our store, right? Same thing here. We want to have an email list. We want to have a Facebook presence. We want to have all of these things at some point. This expansion phase is where we start to branch out into other areas so that we can shore up every effort inside of the business, whether it's pure sales, whether it's our marketing, whether it's any of those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about in the attention phase, right? If we want to get really good at having Facebook ads, that's great. But in the expansion phase, we need to start looking at what's what can be our secondary channel, because
0: if Facebook goes away tomorrow, then we're out of traffic. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Every channel you don't want to be dependent on, right? Whether that's your traffic source you know, whether that is, I mean, heck, even going down to your hosting, right? You should be able to have a backup in, in a sense to where, like, if it goes down with a phone call, you could basically switch things over. It's the same idea. Like, we don't want to be dependent on that. If you're only selling on eBay, well, that's a problem, right? We want to be able to um, start to branch out. I would, almost, I would almost say, imagine you're building your business without Amazon. Try to think of it that way. Not saying don't do the Amazon. Amazon right now is running for you. Let's say it's running, you're doing great, but pretend that you have to build your business without that part of it. And then this way, here, it's going to force you, in a sense, to build your business outside of just Amazon. And now you have, to me, like the best of both worlds. You get Amazon traffic. We want that, right? Here's another example, Chris. Okay, Prime Day wasn't that long ago, right? 305 or maybe 301, Chris is telling me 301, <laughs> 301, everyone was panicking because it crashed. They crashed the servers. It, like No one could get in. People were panicking. Not even sellers were panicking. People that were buying products that didn't want to miss out on the sales <laughs> were panicking. I mean, we had people in our own audience of our new brand that were upset that Amazon wouldn't let them buy, right? <laughs> so that's a great thing to have, but in the same breath, you know, that's one channel that if that's what you're relying on, you're, you're in trouble, you know, and, and I think all the sellers seen that firsthand that day that, holy crap, like, if they don't fix this thing, we're going to miss out on a day's worth of this, you know, the, this huge rush of sales. Now, we knew that they were going to get it fixed. They have a, you know, a massive team and, you know, different people that are going to be working on that to get that up and running. And who knows, they might've extended it if it was too long or something. We don't know. They would have made it right. It ended up working out great like mean, we had a gosh what were we were up 42 percent from the last year up 42 percent in sales um, you know I mean just a crazy crazy day for us and the new brand that you know not isn't even 18 months but 19 months old um, so phenomenal but my point is this it's a channel and we're saying yes launch on Amazon yes use their traffic yes use all of the good stuff that comes with that but don't depend on it. Um, long term long term, yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is is even the the businesses that we 're working with you know inside of the inner circle, like they have a longer term vision, mm-hmm. and I think a longer term vision is huge when you 're building a business. So many people get frustrated because they can 't find that one product that they're going to be able to sell on Amazon. I had someone that emailed me the other day, Scott, I want to um, launch a you know a brand, but I 'm having a tough time finding products and and it's because I 'm looking at the numbers on Amazon. Well, don't worry about that. What market can you find that wants to buy products that you could do good marketing to sell to that person? That's what you need to be thinking, not just how do I sell it on Amazon. It's a different approach, but if you're building a long-term business, that's how you would do it.
1: And that, that, I think, is, is really the foundation of all of the stuff inside of Pace that we've talked about, right? Like all four of these pillars are to help you build a, a brand that's going to last. Absolutely. If you're looking to get rich quick, you might not have to do this stuff, right? But I would also say that there is no such thing as get rich quick and that you probably shouldn't even be doing this if that's your goal, yeah. right? <laughs> like right? The numbers look great, but it's not going to make you a billionaire overnight. And if you think that it is, then you're doing it wrong. The the other thing and the reason that we talk about this, Scott, is like not everybody wants to have this as an asset that they pass down to their kids and their grandkids, right? We we don't need to be the Rockefellers here. But maybe I wanna build a business and I wanna sell it. Well, the foundations of the stuff in pace are the real quote unquote, right? Real you guys can't see me making air quotes, business things I can that (laughs) That's the first. Uh, They're the real business things that actually make the business worth more. As we start to shore up the business with these pillars, we add multiples Mm. to the business, right? So if we ever want to sell it, if we just have that preparation foundation, right? We have a handful of products, we're selling pretty well, we're going to get a lower multiple. If we have attention and those products, we're going to get a little bit better. If we have attention, and cultivation and those products we're going to do even better and if we've then expanded our market maybe to a higher market maybe we've added some more products maybe we've added a second channel we get an even better multiple and it makes the business worth more while also making it more stable for you in the short term right it's really about having some redundancy Mm -hmm. in there and Mm -hmm. I I like the Prime Day example because Amazon has all of these systems that they've built so that exactly what happened doesn't happen Mm -hmm. right. And so, you know, it, it was kind of a case of everything that can happen will happen <laughs> all at once, right? Some of their systems failed. But guess what? Some people could still get through to the site. If they wouldn't have built the backups that they had in place, no one would have been able to buy anything until they fixed it, right? They still had some things that they could do. And one of the things that they did was they turned off international traffic to the com site. And that brought it 20% of the way back, right? So they pulled that lever. And they had that in place. And then they found what was the real issue. They were able to correct it and everything came roaring back. But if they wouldn't have been able to pull any of those levers, nobody would have been able to buy anything. Right. right? And it's the same thing in your business. If one of your channels goes down, it's nice to have another one, even if it's only 20%. Exactly. Right. Because then we are not cash starved. We're not cash poor and we're not panicking mm. there's still urgency oh absolutely <laughs> but we can resolve panic and panic is where stupid decisions are made yeah
0: there's a difference between urgency and panic yeah right yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that really covered actually one and two. We kind of brought those two together. So one is diversify. And and diversifying, uh you know, we're we're talking about, you know, like channel dependency. Like we don't want to be channel dependent. So again, just to get just to give you guys some ideas, you know, that could be another channel like eBay. That could be another one like Walmart, like whatever that is, or it could be your own funnel. I prefer to be or my wholesale. or or wholesale. Um I would prefer to have my own funnel, my own email list to drive traffic. Like that that's how I would think of diversifying first. Um but if you have an easier way, if if for you it's going international, whatever it is, um, have that in place. Now, this is something you can always go back to and add more channels, right? But right now, you got to start with one. Um, The second one is adding more products to your product line. So this way here, you're not dependent on just that one product. So I think we've kind of illustrated that pretty good for these guys. All right. So number three is automation. All right. And I want you to talk a little bit more about this. This is kind of in your wheelhouse, but automation, uh, you know, what does that mean you know for a business
1: so i think i think 3 and 4 actually go together here yeah they uh, they, they kind of do you know so and and the reason i say that is like i'm going to call this duplication right so okay. how can we duplicate ourselves inside of our business so that we can get more done with less of our time mm-hmm. and there's there's two real keys to that and this is where this should happen right mm-hmm. we need to have the other three things in place before this is really a big deal for us before we're really going to start to worry about duplication because if we're doing the preparation foundation if we're getting the eyeballs if we're doing the cultivation stuff we do start to run short on time and unless you love being all over the place mm-hmm. and being busy yep. notice i said busy not productive yep. but busy we're all busy then you can do this all yourself for the long term forever if you really want to sure um but if you would like to, I don't know, breathe once in a while, maybe go on a vacation, go, on, you know, mm-hmm. go somewhere with your family, do something nice, it's nice to be able to duplicate yourself, whether that's through having a team or through the automation stuff. Automation is great. And for me, anytime there's something in our business that we either don't want to do on a daily basis or um, something that's just utterly repetitive and drives me absolutely bonkers, we go through a process. And the first thing is, can we automate it? Right. Is yeah. there a way to do this uh, where no one has to look at it? Mm-hmm. Right. And g- g-
0: give, us an, give us an example. So
1: the, the example that I'll give here that I think everybody can relate to is, is Amazon PPC. Right? Mm-hmm. And I like PPC. Mm-hmm. I hate doing it all of the time. Right. I like being able to make the executive decisions. And a tool like Ignite gives us the ability to automate a lot of that process mm-hmm. so that all I have to do is make the decision. I don't have to analyze the data. I don't have to do any of those things, right? Yeah. So I was able to take a process that would take me a couple hours a week and cut it down to five minutes, mm-hmm. right? Because Ignite is sitting there looking at the data. Well, it makes sense for me to save several hours a week by paying whatever you need to pay to do that, right? right. It, if if it was five grand a week, that's a little different. That's but a little different. Depending on what plan you fall into in, in, in Ignite, it's somewhere around a hundred dollars or less. Right. 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 So that's, that's one example. Another example would be like customer order data, mm-hmm. right? You don't really get a ton of, of order data from Amazon, but one of the things that you can do is you can take those customer names and, and addresses and zip codes and all those kinds of things and create either an overlay of where all your sales are coming from if you want to see that just because you're curious. You can use them for custom audiences. You can mm-hmm. do a lot of cool things with them. There's not really a way to get that unless you go in every month and download the report and do all those kinds of things, right? we actually have automated that process in our Mm -hmm. business so that that customer data is being taken from Amazon. Anytime we make a a sale, it's done automatically, Mm -hmm. right? It just gets dumped into a Google sheet, which is like an Excel sheet, just online, right? And so if we want to make a custom audience, we can do that. We know by product exactly who has bought all of our stuff. And so we can look at our customer list and and cross-reference that. Nobody has to touch that ever. Mm. If we want to look at the data, we just log into the sheet and do right. it. And there's a lot of those kinds of things. And I know a lot of that sounds like really intimidating. Like, Chris must know how to write all of this crazy computer code. Right. And really it's not, right? There's there's a lot of things out there now, especially uh, that can help you with this process. Right. right. Like uh, a tool we use called Zapier. Mm-hmm. Just It plugs two different pieces of software that don't work together together. Right. And it lets you do
0: things like, yeah, it lets you like communicate, automating that process. Yeah, it lets you communicate um, you know, back and forth which I think is it's huge yeah. to be able to do that stuff but I think what businesses need to do at this point is they need to see where the easiest piece of automation or the, the thing can be automated first right. like what could you take off your plate
1: right like and, and and that process starts with automation and then if we can't do it then it's delegation right, right. and the
0: delegation would move into into uh, the number 4 thing or fourth thing yeah. that we want to talk about which is team you right. know build, building a team um, you might not want to automate a certain thing because you want eyeballs on it, right? right. You want to actually have someone go through it. If you don't want a tool to basically go through, uh, you know, your pay-per-click, well, maybe you want to hire someone that that's all they do, right? And then that's their job. Um, or maybe you have someone that their job is to just look at the data that Ignite pulls back and makes the decisions for you because you don't want anyone to make that decision, right? So there's some different things you can do there. But I think Team and, and automation it's close. Automation is really like a tool that will do that for you. Right. A team or building someone or building a team that where people can actually work on your business for you. Um, there's a lot of uh, of leverage there as well. And and you just
1: you just used a uh, a slip of the tongue there that I really like, right? The whole reason that we're doing number three and number four here, this automation, this delegation, this duplication yeah. of, of ourselves, is because a lot of business owners, especially successful business owners, right? And you're talking about people in the inner circle, people in the masterminds that you and I are participants in, mm-hmm. have an issue of being in their business. Yeah, lots. Right? Yeah. And you guys may or may not have heard this, and I know you and I have actually talked about it on the podcast in the past, working in your business versus versus working on your business Mm -hmm. as the business owner your job right as the ceo the whole reason that big companies have a ceo is because they want they want to have somebody that has a five thousand foot view of everything right they're not executing the day-to-day stuff they're setting the strategy and the vision they're working on the business they're pushing the entire business forward that's their job as the owner as the the president as your own little ceo if that's what you want to put on your business card um, that is your job long term Mm -hmm. right in the beginning you are doing all of those things yourself, but as you get bigger, as you start to sell more, you literally cannot do everything yourself. You just run out hours. In the well, day. And, and you won't be able to grow, right? Right? It's you cool will if hit a you ceiling. stunt your growth because Correct. you can't do it all. We've all been there, and and quite honestly, you shouldn't do it all. And
0: there's things that you might think that you're really good at that you could get someone else could do a better job, right? And I mean that's that's I'm that's been my problem sometimes. I'm like, well, I can just do it myself, right? But yeah. I,
1: I think I think most business owners fall into that exact trap. Yeah. Right? And Joel and I have literally had that conversation about stuff in in TAS in the new brand like, "Oh, it's just faster for me to do it." And he's like, "Yeah, but <laughs> But you shouldn't.
0: <laughs> right. Like right. Should you really be logging in and checking
1: PPC three times a yeah. day? Probably not. Yeah.
0: Your your time is uh, is more valuable doing your, you know, the, the things that you enjoy, but also the things that you're really super good at and things that you have to. Maybe you can have someone do product research for you. Down to the point where you're going to make the final decision right right, because you don't want to go through and do all of the all of the back and forth and all of the you know tracking and all of that so you don't want to do that stuff, you just want them to say here 's five products I found that fit our criteria that I think would be a great fit, and you go, "I like those two i don't like those two you know and then you know you can just go ahead and make that decision. that could be something you know so there's a lot that you can do there, but I think having a team uh and it's going to take time right you might have to you might have to go backwards a little bit. And then from there, you're going to be able to move forward.
1: Well, and that's the, the scary part about this process. And, and remind me to tell the, the story about the profit here in a second. But the scary part about this process is, one, you're giving up that control.
0: Right? Yeah. You know that
1: it's going to be done a certain way uh, if if you do it. But two is, in doing this automation delegation duplication thing, right? If we're trying to create little mini
0: scots, which is a terrifying thought. That is uh, a terrifying thought. <laughs> There is one actually that <laughs> was running around. He's my son. He's not he's a little man. He's not a little Max Not a, not a, a little man. That's a big He's a large human. Yes, uh, it is. It's a big boy.
1: Is is that it? Actually, takes more time up front, right? Mm. Because to get all of the crap out of our head that we do on a daily yeah. basis, and to get it down into a process that someone else can do is actually much more time intensive in the short term than doing it ourselves. And that's why a lot of entrepreneurs fall into this trap of, I'll just do it myself because it's faster, right? It's going to take me, I don't know, like the next time I do this process, if I write down every button that I click on, right, it's going to take me two hours to do it. It would normally take me 25 minutes, right? Yeah. Because I need to write down everything. I need to explain why I'm clicking here, why I'm doing this. And then to then make sure that that makes sense to somebody after I hand it to them, it's going to be another maybe four hours, right? Well, that's six weeks worth of me doing that thing. That was going to take me 25 minutes a day. Yeah. Yeah. But then you never have to touch it again. I know. <laughs> right. I know. I know. And so it's one of those things where you you do actually add work up front. And like even on the automation side, right, to figure out, okay, I need to put this here, this here, this here, even if it's in a drag and drop format, kind of like Zapier is, it does take time to figure out that process. Mm. But once that process is done, you literally never need to touch it again. Yeah. It's huge. Right. And so, like, I end up doing a lot of the automation just out of pure frustration of things that I never want to see. Mm. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Uh, And so, you know, it takes me more time than just looking at the stupid thing. Maybe even more time than it would take me to look at it for the next two weeks. Right. But then I never have to look at it again. Yeah. And I never have to deal with it until something breaks and I don't get the report in my email that I was expecting to get. And then yeah. I can go look at it and it takes me five minutes to click on the button, right? That's fine. The other side of this, and this is the, the story from the Prophet. Okay. I, I forget which episode it was, but it was one from from this season, from the twenty eighteen like summer season. And the the business owner, and if you guys haven't watched the show, it's it's a great show to watch. It is, it really is. Um because he really breaks down exactly what's going on and marcus bonus usually, usually brick and mortar businesses which yep. is it's
0: mainly brick and mortar usually they're not even that big i mean some of them might be doing up to a million uh you know i think a couple have done a little bit more but generally it's like a million dollar business or less you know little mom and pop shops or you know whatever but anyway go ahead and the the biggest struggle and it's something that you see
1: all the time on this show and it's something that you can kind of even get the vibe from on shark tank based on the entrepreneur is that the owner is the one that's doing everything. Now, Marcus has built this entire team around him, right? He's pulled in business owners and businesses that he's invested in. He's even pulled CEOs out of them and given them different jobs inside of his organization. Like the guys from FlexWatches now run his ad, like his, his marketing agency yeah. inside of all of his brands, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So they then come set the creative direction for everybody. Yeah. They still have their own business. They're still doing all that stuff, but they're also doing this now because that's really their superpower, yeah. right? But to delegate and to be able to do those things, takes a ton of time and a ton of effort and business owners are scared of it and one of the things that he said and i'm pretty sure it was this season was the 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 owner said well you know nobody can do it as well as i do it mm. and you can't expect anyone else to right but even if they do it 80 percent as well <laughs> right right and it, in some cases quite honestly they're going to do it better than you, right right but <laughs> even if they only do it 50 percent as well is it still worth having someone else do that The answer in 99.9% of cases is yes, because it frees you up to do something that is more valuable for the business. And this entire process starts with you basically just writing down everything that you were doing on a daily basis, right? Right. And then going, this is what lights me up. This is what makes me excited. This is what gives me energy. And this is what just makes me want to kill things. Yeah. (laughs) This is what drains me. This is what stresses me out. This is why I'm going bald, right? (laughs) That (laughs) list is the stuff that we should be trying to (laughs) automate, delegate, and and duplicate out of our lives. And so we need to start with that list. But to even understand that if it's not done as well as I can, quote unquote, do it, it's still getting done. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to do that. Yeah. And that's the only way that we can grow past that ceiling. Because if we are at our eight hour work capacity, right, or our 12 hour work capacity, or if you're crazy, our 18 hour work capacity, Mm -hmm. right, for the day and we're willing to work those 18 hours a day. Is there not one thing in there that we can offload Mm. that'll free us up a half an hour? to do something that will then let us start to expand the business. Maybe I can start to dabble in another channel. Maybe I can start to do some of those other kinds of things. What can I get off my plate to be able to make more decisions and less tactical implementation stuff?
0: What I want to do here, though, is I want you guys to be listening and thinking of your own business Mm -hmm. right now. Okay, so I'm going to go and recap a little bit, and then we'll hit number five. But number one is diversifying. So think about the channel that you're on right now or what other channels you could add and what would make the most sense for you right now. What would be the easiest one for you to do now? Um, so again, I want you to think about your business. What would be the easiest for you to do right now on any of these? Number two is adding more products. I think we always can be looking at ways to expand our product lines. This also might be the time that you've you know, already niched down And you've went, you know, like really deep in your Market in these submarkets, and now maybe you're going to go a level up. Maybe you're going to instead of going into the kayak bass fishing market, you're going to start just offering bass fishing stuff, or maybe you're going to go up from there and go into fly fishing. You know, so there might be a time in your business when you're like, okay, I've got leverage now. I've got, I've went into the A. I've gotten the attention. I went into the C. I've cultivated my audience. They know, like, and trust me. I can start to offer some more of these these different products in these other submarkets that I wouldn't have been able to do before because I didn't have these leverage points. So, I want you guys to be thinking where you are right now, what one of these things can you do. You don't have to do all of these. okay? so when we're when we're inside of our inner circle, people that you know pay us basically you know a lot of money, 25k a year to be in this group, like they they want to be able to build their business. this is what we do, right? We're going to analyze and like take one of these things and really go deep. To then grow and scale the business doesn't mean we're gonna do them all. Like that I would that wouldn't even be my recommendation. I would say, no, don't do them all.
1: That's one at a time.
0: One at (laughs) a time. And the easiest one that'll give you the best bang for your buck right now. Like that is it, right? So And it depends. There is no right answer to that question. And that's that's the thing
1: that's interesting, right? Because if you have somebody, and I'm I'm thinking of somebody who in that that last call we had with our mastermind said, I haven't really done anything in three months. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I automated everything. Okay, well let's focus on product expansion then, right? Because we don't have a time issue here. So how do we make the business bigger? Maybe it's product expansion, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be automation because we already got that handled, right? So it depends on your business and your specific situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I want you to be doing right now. It's like, I want you to do like a self audit in a sense. I want you to be looking at the different the different components um, that we are talking about and what one could you do um, right now. Um, even going back to all of the different things. So now once we get done with the expansion part, right here and we're working on that then we're going to go back and we're going to start to and that kind of moves me into number five which is exploring the pac now of pace again so we're going back okay once we get through the expansion and we've done something in there we might go back and say okay let's look at our attention pillar let's see what we're doing in this pillar again guys if you have not listened to that episode or you know the C, the cultivation episode or even the Preparation foundation one. Go back and listen to these because these are things that you're going to want to go back time and time again. Because we're always going to be shoring up the foundation. We're always going to be working on getting more attention. We're always going to be working on how we can how can we cultivate with our, you know and, and and really communicate with our list more um, in the future and and build our list and and just do all these cool things. How can we do that? So what we want to do here is again explore this is number five by the way we want to explore the p the a and the c where can we go back into one of those that makes the most sense that's going to drive our business to grow and scale it what's your thoughts on um like what at, uh, at that point what would what would you be saying like okay, and i know it's going to be you know business dependent you know but it like depends it depends right <laughs> um you know for me personally again i'd have to do a quick scan of your business but i'd mm-hmm. be looking at those but I don't think you can ever go wrong with um, getting more attention. Like, right? I think that, I mean, if I'm going to default back to something, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what do I work on now? It's like, how do I get more attention? How do I get more traffic? Um, And because once I have those other pieces in place, like once I have my own, maybe I've got my funnel in place, how do I get more traffic to it? How do I get, how how do I, how do I run ads more effectively? Right? Right. How do
1: I go colder and colder there?
0: Yes. Talk about that. Like, Okay. Cold traffic, warm traffic, just to kind of give you guys a quick little uh, rundown on what that is. Explain that, Chris. So we
1: kind of internally, and this is something we don't really talk about, but we have a little bit of a different definition than than maybe, say, like, you know, digital marketer or or some of those kinds of people, right? We kind of talk about hot, warm, and cold, right? Like hot people are people who have already bought from us, right? Warm people are people on maybe our email list or who kind of know who we are just through the grapevine right mm-hmm. maybe they've seen people post about our stuff in a in a, a niche facebook right. group right 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 so they kind of know who we are cold traffic is people who have no idea right who they've our never brand heard is of you. Yeah. why we exist that maybe they're not even aware that kayak bass fishing is a thing mm-hmm. right that's going to be cold traffic right warmer traffic is going to be people who understand what kayak bass fishing is but mm-hmm. maybe haven't interacted with us right. directly hot are going to be people who have either bought from us or have been on our emails forever and and have what's called brand affinity. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm saying that sarcastically, but they know who we are and they've interacted with us and it's been a positive interaction for them. And so typically when we start advertising, it's going to be to that warm traffic, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're gonna create our little hot bucket out of that. So it's gonna be people, obviously, who know what kayak bass fishing is. But at some point, we reach an upper limit of people who are actively interested in kayak bass fishing. And we have to extend that out to other people. Mm -hmm. Now, when we do that, the logical place to start is just other bass fishermen who don't know that a kayak you can bass fish from a kayak. Right. 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 And then we go to trout fishermen and then, you know, we just kind of make that circle a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger until we get to a place where maybe they don't even fish, but they just like being outside. Right. 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 And when we go back to that attention pillar, that starts to massively increase the size of our business, but it's also a lot more difficult. Right. So we don't want to do that up front. And, and when you say, Scott, go back and explore the P, the A and the C, really, before you get into this expansion phase, I like to have those things up and running.
0: Yes. Oh, right? 100%. And it's not, yeah, yeah.
1: it's not necessarily like we need those 100% dialed in. They just need to be functional.
0: They need to be there. Right? Because
1: right. if we're doing those things, that gives us an understanding. It gives us a solid base mm-hmm. to build our business from. And then once we start to diversify our products, we diversify our channels, we need to go back and we need to really shore those up. Mm-hmm. Right? We need to, to make sure that they're set, that they're in place, and that we can rely upon each of those pillars consistently as we start to do the expansion stuff. Because mm-hmm. what worked – and let's just, let's just give the example of, of building our own funnel. If, if we want to add our own channel, and that's what we decided to do in that e-expansion phase. Well, what we did from an advertising or an attention-getting perspective to create sales on Amazon – probably isn't going to be the same thing that makes that channel successful for us. Exactly. Not saying forget about running Amazon PPC because that's just silly. It's free money. Mm-hmm. Please grab the free money. It's like being in that money booth. Yeah, right. You know, like a convention yeah. where yeah. they just blow $20 up in the air and yeah. you got to grab as much of it as yeah. you can. Yeah. You get 30 that's, seconds. that's how I feel about Amazon PPC. Um, But you can't run Amazon ads to your own funnel. So you need to figure out Facebook mm-hmm. or how to make that work for you or YouTube ads or something like that. And then that shores up that attention pillar. It lets us go out to a different group of people in a different way and, and create that message. Or even if you've already figured out how to run Facebook ads for a giveaway, you're not going to run the same type of ad to a free plus shipping funnel or to a full price funnel. You're not going to do it. It's not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You might have some similar messaging. The words might be similar. Right. right. The pictures might look similar. But right. the, the message overall is going to be different. Right. And so you need to start to understand those things. So once we've chosen our method of expansion, we need to go back. We need to make sure that we have a solid foundation still, right? And then we really need to dive into either the attention or the cultivation mm-hmm. so that we can ramp up what we just chose to expand. Does that make sense?
0: yeah, you're you're going to be working. We're expanding the expansion. yes, we are. Um, you are like you said, Chris, you need those other pillars in place. Like I said, the very first one, you know, your preparation foundation, like, you can't do any of the other stuff unless we have that, right? So we have to do that first. So, you know, if you've started your business and you're up and running, or if you're at the million dollar mark uh, of revenue, or maybe you're at the $10 million mark, you're still going to be going through this process, Like, Period. Like, it doesn't matter what size business you have. And we found that. I mean, again, like in the inner circle right now, we've got some that are well over that mark, right? But they're still trying to find a way to get more attention trying to find a way to communicate with their audience. How many people do we have? That's like, okay, I've got an email list. Now what do I do with it? Right? So that's why the cultivation part (laughs) is really, really important. And this is a big focus for a lot of people. But with that being said, we want to do all that. But then we also, once we start to get that going, we do want to look into the expansion because if we automate some things, guess what you can be doing with your time. You can be working on the a and the C a little bit more and not be taking away from your business. So, it just comes a time that you have to analyze your business you have to look at it and that's why we've done each of these as their separate episode because what i want you to do is i want you to go through i want you to give your business an audit in a sense uh, you know go through this process see where you are and see where you need to spend your time and then from there you move on to the next the next pillar okay and that's why we wanted to do this in four chunks really in four pillars because each one has its place and i think it's really really important if you look at any business any successful business it's going to fall into these four pillars. There's going to be work that they've done in all of these pillars. Now, there's some big businesses that are lacking in some of these, and that's fine, but they could be doing a better job.
1: It's funny because I was actually just about to bring up that exact point, right? It's really easy to get the P right, right? To get your preparation foundation in place. And you look at like small business in America, right? And I think, I forget what the exact number is, but it was, you know, there's millions of them. Most of them make under $250,000 a year, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're, but- it's comfortable for a lot of if you can pull in 250 you're doing really well right you're still in the top one percent of america which is also the top one percent of the world right, you're right. like top one percent of the top one percent that's pretty darn good i'd like to be in the 99th percentile of anything <laughs> right right right. like i don't need to be the top guy i don't even i don't need to be jeff bezos if i'm in that top one percent i'm doing something i'm right. doing something right if i'm in the top one percent in the world in health or fitness yeah. or something like that like yeah, yeah that's the concept right like you're a freaking mr olympia if you get the p right <laughs> right, right. But or you at least in the contest, you're on stage, right? You're in the finals at Mr. Olympia. There you go. But you know, then you add in the A and a lot of people get this right, but then they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Like advertising now is so much easier than it has ever been. A hundred percent. But it's also much more intimidating because Mm -hmm. it's easy to waste a lot of money. We can get a ton of eyeballs, but then what do we do with them? C is where I start to see what kind of makes or breaks a lot of businesses. Mm Mm-hmm. Long term, long term. Right. Yeah. And I see it in businesses with 500,000 emails. I see it in businesses with 500 emails, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They don't understand how to create and foster long term relationships with their customers. So they become commoditized, mm-hmm. right? How do you sell a $4 bottle of water in the same refrigerator as a $1 bottle of tap water, yeah. right? If you go to Texas, you have Fiji water for three bucks right next to Ozarka, which comes out of the tap. Yep. Right. And it's yep. bottled municipal source is the conversation that we had this week. Yep. Right. Yep. And it comes right from the tap in a city and they just filled up the bottle of water and they sell it for 89 cents. Right, right. next to the bottle of Fiji, that's 389. Well, how does Fiji do that? Well, they have different messaging. People that buy the Fiji bottle actually understand that it's coming from a better source. It's coming from all of these things. If you don't have that connection with your customers, you can't sell it for 389. You're competing just on price. Yep. And a lot of companies, even companies that are successful for five or ten years, run into that as competition starts to come into their market. We're not talking about product-specific competition here. We're talking about market competition, right? Yeah. E for me, the expansion phase, helps to kind of bolster you doing even a mediocre job <laughs> in, in the cultivation mm-hmm. section, right? Because we're becoming less dependent. But it also is really the thing that is going to make us not just survive, but thrive for the long term mm-hmm. because the businesses that are the most successful have people working on them, not people working in them. Mm-hmm. And that is is the thing that most entrepreneurs, even successful entrepreneurs, even people who have businesses that they build and they run their entire lives, right? that is the part that they struggle with. And the example that just popped into my head here, and, and let me know if this is accurate or not, but your dad's construction business, yeah, right? Did he work... On that business? Or did he mostly work in that business?
0: At first it was in. Right. And then he was out. And when he was out of the business, the business actually was doing really well. Um, well, because I was doing a lot of the work. But anyway, <laughs> besides that. No, but he had a good foreman, right? It was me that I was, right. act- I was actually... was you were working in the business. I was working in the business. But in a sense, I was also working on the business because in my head, I was thinking I would potentially own the business one day. So I had a little bit more heart into it, a little bit you know more drive. But I was also... Uh, you know, managing people. So I was a little bit of the working on, but I was also in at the same time when he pulled himself out of the business. It actually was doing better. His problem was his partner was, you know, anyway, it's a whole for another story. It's a bad marriage. Um, But yes, you're absolutely right. The business actually did better once he got out of the business, worked on it, and instead of working in it. Because you're able to see the things, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Like, even even as a manager of people, right? And everybody makes the joke about like middle management in corporate. Right. Yeah. But middle management is actually really important. Mm-hmm. They're the people who are doing the tactical implementation and managing the tactical implementation. You can't have a CEO who says, here's where we need to go. Right. If he's also managing all of the people running Facebook ads and he's managing the day-to-day product development, he's writing all of the software and he's doing all of these things. Right. He can't set that strategic direction. No. And you can build a very successful business. By doing all of those things. But if you want to have a successful business over the long term, if you want to have a business that's a saleable asset, Mm -hmm. that's not 100% reliable on or reliant upon you, which is a huge mistake that I see people make, Mm -hmm. right? If You get hit by a bus tomorrow, the business vanishes. Well, that's a problem, right? If you're building this for your family or you're building this as a saleable asset, that then becomes an issue. If you can't take a vacation without losing 200 grand... Which happens to mm-hmm. businesses, right? That's an issue. We need to be able to bolster that, and that's that's really one of the things in inside of the expansion phase that I think is, is important yeah, yeah, It's really I, setting you up. That that is the thing that secures everything else that
0: you're. Doing. It really does, and I, I it's part it's partly you're 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 adding fuel to the business, but in the same breath, that would that would also be in the A and the C because you're you're creating awareness and you're creating a bond. But you are by being able to scale right being able to scale your business by you not doing the work is you know necessarily but you're having other people or automation help you do more um so you can do do more things to actually uh, drive the business going back to my father's uh, situation though again I was just thinking about that like we back in the day um, we're talking this is over 20 years ago um brick and mortar uh and we were uh we were I think we were just approaching the 2 million mark back then for brick and mortar the problem with not going to four or five was a partner. And the problem with that was the partner did not want to grow as far as outs. He did not want to, he did not want to change pricing. He didn't want to, um, you know, add different sales, uh, or sales, you know, tactics in a sense, right? Like different ways to upsell the job. He didn't want to, right? And so by that, there's a lot of resistance. So because of that, he wasn't able to really grow and scale, at the level that we could have, because if we could have done that, well, we could have been at 5 million. I could almost guarantee you. And that's way back in the day. Nowadays, it's probably like a $10 million construction business. The other thing is though, we were dealing with, with a Home Depot starting to do their own installation. And oh my gosh, my father's partner was like, what are we going to do? How are we going to stand apart? They're going to just, the thing was, we never, we never were affected at all. And the reason was, is because our unique selling proposition to those people were, we're a family run business. We're going to be there. They 're just hiring subcontractors, so we had that was our, our way of and That's I your think cultivation exactly yeah. exactly and um, and we still did very, very well, and I think that that business could have did really well. we could have sold that business for a lot of money. But that didn't happen. But um, it did well for, for it, as long as it was. Uh, my father was in business with his partner for over 20 years. Uh, when I was growing up, they had that business. And then I just happened to work in it for the last eight. Uh, but anyway,
1: something, something that you just touched on there that's, that's interesting before we wrap this up. right? You talked about the partner wasn't really willing to expand beyond $2 million. And one of, the, one of the other things, and this actually happened in the inner circle. Joel was talking about a conversation that he had with somebody that's in there. And um, you know, a lot of us run into this mental thing where like, I'm comfortable. Right. Why? Why would I grow my business? Well, one stability, right? Like all of this stuff that we're talking about is making sure that this thing doesn't disappear overnight so that not only are you comfortable, but you're comfortable and secure. Mm. But a lot of people say, oh, you know, my business is a million dollars a year. I don't really want to do more than that. Right. But if you're cultivating an audience, right, how many people in that audience are you not serving or are you not helping by doing those things? And one of the things that you just brought up, we have to be open to other things. And mm-hmm. it, it's extremely important in business to not think that you have the answers. If you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Right. Um, now there's only two of us in this room. So, you know, maybe we should <laughs> go out in the hallway. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe Scott needs to go somewhere else. Yes. Uh, i leave the room. <laughs> so that he's no longer the smartest person in this room. Uh, but you know, you talked about like the sales tactics, right? Yep. Well, he wasn't willing to do an upsell with, uh, I don't know, hurricane glass mm-hmm. or something it doesn't hurt you to offer that and not necessarily where you were then, but where you are now, that might be something that somebody wants, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want windows to shatter. If you get a hurricane, you're not only doing yourself a revenue disservice Mm -hmm. by not offering that, but if you truly are the best person to help get those windows installed, because you actually care about the quality of the job, Mm -hmm. you're not just some guy who, you know, you can hire out in front of Home Depot that maybe hung a window once. Right. You care about the quality. You want them to get the best thing. You're literally doing them a disservice by not offering that because then they have to go to Home Depot and get the crappy guy to install it for them, mm-hmm. right? And so not only did they then go spend that money somewhere else and you lost revenue, but they, they are worse off because they didn't get it installed properly.
0: Yeah, Yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. And we did care about our customers and uh, and really we, we did stand behind our products and if they ever had a problem, we're there. It wasn't like you had to go through a whole bunch of channels to get to the person. I, I actually went in to get uh, carpet, an estimate on carpet for Home Depot. It was a whole process to get someone just to come to my house. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm going to go to the local guy up the street that's been in business for 25 years with carpet his son. Carpet Yeah, whatever, right? And I did that because it was a hassle, right? But you know what I mean? Like Some people, they feel as though Home Depot, big company, they're going to be around forever. Sears was doing siding for years. We competed with them all the time. You know, and we got a lot of jobs from, you know, from competing against them. But anyway, that's for a whole nother conversation. Remember Sears? <laughs> yeah, remember Sears? <laughs> but go, going back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on this. Going back on, like, uh, you, like you said, like stunting the growth, the partner stunted the growth because they didn't want to do those things, and they didn't want any of our salespeople to do those things. You can do it in an ethical way. and You're doing it not to, like you said, not to try to trick someone. Like, honestly, like you're talking about certain glass. There's lowe argon uh, glass. Which basically, low E is like, a, you can't see it, but it's a film that's on the glass that actually, re, it, it reflects heat. So basically, if it's hot outside, it's going to keep the hot air out there, the hot hot air, the, whatever. It's going to keep the heat outside. It's going to keep
1: your house warmer in the, warmer it, in the winter and colder exactly. in the
0: summer. Argon is, is a gas that was filled in between the two panes of glass, which actually, again, insulated it further. Right. And we would have a heat gun in the house and we would show them, okay, it's, it's a hundred degrees outside. Boom. You hit it. It's this, right? So you can, so you can show them that example. Um, and it would be like a $25 upgrade per window, right? So 25 for a low ER gun. Uh, and then maybe you'd say, okay, uh, grids, we want to put grids in your window. Do you want grids? And big grids are just those white, you know, the white things that make it look like a country style home. And there's different styles. Those are 25, 30 bucks. Do you want your windows cased on the outside with aluminum so you don't ever have to, have to paint your outside casing? That's 40 bucks. So by the time you're done, you take a $200 window, you'd bring it up to a $300. And a very, very simple thing, but didn't want to do it. Right? right. So that's a problem. And you're, you're giving the customer that option then. Right.
1: right. And oh, by the way, if you have grids on your windows and you hate them, yeah, you do know you can just take them off, right?
0: Right. Right. <laughs> well, in this, in this one, in this case, they can because they were in between the two panes of glass. Oh, that's terrible. Well, no, that was better because <laughs> guess what? The people that had grids. They, they, it was a pain to wash the windows in between the panes. Now, you just have to just <laughs> wipe your window, you have the grids, and you're good. That's so funny. no, the, uh, the windows uh, that we, we sold, they were in between the panes, and that was a selling feature. That's by the cool. Way. So anyway, um, enough window talk. But it, it does, My eyes just glazed over. It, 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 does <laughs> go, it does go... <laughs> I'm not a glass guy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it does go well into... Well, we had etched glass, too. If you wanted to do etched glass, that was mm. big. That was premium money. So you, you would do like etched into the glass. You'd do like these little designs that you could do in the glass that would be like a you know, a, a flower or something in like a garden window or something. Fancy. It was. And it was, that was a big upsell. That was like a $300 upsell. Anyway, um, enough talk on that. But it, I think it gives you guys a little bit of a different, I guess a different, uh, uh, an idea of how expansion does work by covering all of these different things. And really what I want you guys to do is analyze your own business right now where it is, no matter where it is. If you're doing, you know, 50000 a month, uh, you know, why not do 100000 a month? right by doing these things in in pace that will allow you to get there and you'll be able to not have to lay awake at night wondering if Amazon is going to send you an email tomorrow and say we're going to pause your your listing on your one product that's selling 200 a day because you know I'm getting complaints let us know how you're going to fix it and when you're going to fix it and then we might let you start selling again right right who wants to wake up to that email not me not you Um, so, uh, we, we definitely don't want to do that. So anyway, hopefully this has been helpful. Um, this is the fourth part of pace. Um, we did an overview as well. So technically there's five, uh, podcast episodes that we did. I'm actually going to link all of these up, Chris, at a very convenient link, and that is theamazingseller.com forward slash pace. I was going to guess that. Yes, so we're going to go ahead and link those up on that page. This way here, you guys can go back and you can listen to all of these episodes, and this way here, it'll make a lot more sense. I've also did four whiteboard videos. Um, They should be all posted by the time this airs. I will also link that up inside of that post. And then the other thing I did want to bring up is if you guys are at that level, if you're at the level of, you know, I want to grow my business beyond, you know, $500,000 a year or a million dollars a year, if you're at that point and you would like to be part of one of our inner circle groups, our TAS inner circle groups, you will have to apply, but you can by doing uh, by doing that over at the amazing seller.com forward slash mastermind, and you can go over to tasinnercircle.com. Um, either one of them will take you to the same place Um, probably tasinnercircle.com would be the best place to go there but there is an application process you do have to be at a certain level in your business Um, but if you want us to help you uh, grow your business using the pace method uh, and and really like analyze the business but then also dig in and and really be a partner in your business in a sense Um, if you're interested in that definitely go do that we'd love to work with you so that's it Chris. You got anything you want to wrap up with I'm good. We're good. All right, guys. So as always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Chris is going to say it. Not on the count of three. We're going to do it right now. Count of five. Oh, oh let's do a count of five. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Take, Take action. action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.